Well, only one person can speak at a time anyway, right? So No, no, no. I, uh, you can speak whatever you want. Okay, here we go. Uh, welcome to Live from America podcast. We are back with Noam Dorman, the owner of the Comedy Cellar right here. Hatem, comedian T- Tony Darrow, comedian John Lester, and our very good friend, MSNBC legal analyst, Danny Savalos. Hello, everyone. But before we go a step good further. Good to see you. Before we go a step further, we have to see, where's, where's Laster? I'm here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a little shy. He's, he's a professional. You? <laughs> wearing the invisibility cloak? What's going on? Are you busy doing another Zoom podcast? <laughs> no, I, I, I need my light, man. So for those of you who don't know, for the, for hey, the, John. For the reason that uh, we've been away for so long is because Hatem was busy having a heart transplant. Oh, my gosh. You were waiting, you were waiting for how long for the heart? Uh, a year and a half. He waited a year and a half for a heart. He was carrying around an LVAD case, which um, well, there's, it, it mechanic, there's a mechanical thing that's pumping your heart. and that Yeah, it's an artificial heart. So he's walking around with an artificial heart for a year and a half, banging bras left and right. And then... And then um, <laughs> Those uh, who have electricity. <laughs> and then he gets a call. They have a heart. Uh, some poor Hasidic Jewish man has died. And Hassan uh, uh, and Hatem is gonna get. I Wait. made a call. <laughs> it was that bad. He was that desperate. Is that it? But so you think things are great, right? Then and he has to get special permission from the from the CDC to test this heart for coronavirus, and he has to be tested for coronavirus. It all has to be done fast track. All this to save his life. Wow. And he gets wait, and then he gets a, the heart transplant, and then he catches coronavirus in the hospital. And now he's sitting there with, I'm going to cry, that he's sitting there with coronavirus, dealing with that stress in the hospital with a fresh heart transplant. And here he is six weeks later. He recovered. He tested, wow. tested negative for coronavirus. Yep. All right. I don't know why it's getting me so emotional about it. Negative for coronavirus and negative for a heart rejection all at once. So... Right. All these horrible stories. That is about the most wonderful story I think anybody could hear. So we're very, wow. very happy to have him back. And here he is, a few days later, just after getting home, he wants to go back on the air and do his podcast. <laughs> and, and, while he, and while he was there trying to recover, and, you know, we can speak honestly now, you know, the, the chances were not, um, um, I don't want to say the chances were bad. The odds were still in his favor, but 50-50, I don't know what his odds were. No, actually, actually, the odds were very, very low. Because right. when you do a heart uh, transplant, you take medication to kill your immune system, which yeah. they did, oh. and they killed my immune system, and then I got a corona, so they had to juggle the medication. But I see it, like you said, like it's, it's always very hard experience the last three months, but, uh, but now it becomes a great story. Like, like if somebody with a heart transplant and no immune system and can beat it, anybody can beat it. So, you know. So while, okay. but while he's while he's dealing with this, he's sending me emails about the new TV shows and and, and podcast stuff he wants to do. <laughs> I'm like, well, what kind of optimism is this? I'm I'm healthy and I can't get into my podcast. And he's like, but I guess I guess that's something give yourself something to look forward to. I don't know what it is. I just know that you're blessed with a, a particular disposition, and that probably had a lot to do with keeping pulling you through it to have that kind of positive. Uh, you know what? I was reading a, a a book uh, today that I got because. Uh, I saw this woman, Angela Duckworth, on MSNBC. She wrote a book called Grit, and it's about the power of passion and perseverance. And I realized that while reading it, it's either going to be really empowering or the greatest marketing ploy ever, because if you can't finish a book about grit, 
then what kind of piece of shit am I? Self-weeding. You know, yeah. the amazing thing is uh, how to, that means that a person who has had a heart transplant and separately a person who has had Corona, neither of those people can complain to you because you have a real story. Well, how about both? You know, I mean, yeah. you've had them both. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's so also much, then you you lose. Uh, we we got we got um, we got journalists on the payroll, don't we, Danny? This is a good story. Somebody would like to print that story, right? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the Godfather, but like, <laughs> you must know somebody in the TV networks that might be interested. Yeah, who's Danny? It's an amazing. It's an amazing story. Tom. Tom. Yeah, on, I'll Tom. send it up the flagpole. Sure, I'll I'll send a note to my editors. Sure, it's, it's, it's an amazing story. Or your barber, which is an amazing story. <laughs> or my barber. <laughs> well, let's get to the real story then. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, we're very happy to have Hatem back. Go thank, ahead. Hatem. Thank you, and and thank you, everybody. A lot of people, by the way, from the listeners, they send the emails, and and you know, it was very, it was very touching. I have one in particular. Like everybody was was, but one in particular told me that uh, they went and donated and, and um, become a hard donor because of me. That, oh that, my gosh! Yeah, so uh-huh. I mean, uh, yeah, and a lot of people. So thank you, everybody. Wow. Uh, anyway, so we have Tell Danny. The truth, here. it was the Michelle Obama book that that took you over the, the yeah. final step, right? He get, he got me Michelle Obama book, Tony Darrow. <laughs> so uh, okay, so let's talk about um, you know away from the corona. Let's take the minds away from the corona. Let's talk about the shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you want to try that one again. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, 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 you know, it's, it's a serious situation and I don't think it's getting a lot of coverage right now because of what's going on. And we have Danny here too. So uh, it's excellent. So the shooting of uh, Ahmed uh, Aubrey. Um, so first, my first question, what is citizen arrest? Oh, a citizen's arrest is an interesting concept. It dates back to medieval times. This is back when we didn't have police cars. We didn't have dispatchers. We didn't have 911. So in medieval England, Uh, there was a legal obligation for citizens to help out uh, the constables in making an arrest. And more than that, if you were a citizen who heard another citizen raise what was called the hue and cry, you were legally obligated. You had a positive duty, an affirmative duty to go help out. And all of that existed because in medieval times, you didn't, the police, maybe the only difference between the police in terms of equipment and the citizen was that maybe the police had a short sword or a little bit of chain mail. They didn't have any better uh, transportation or any superior equipment for enforcing law. And most importantly, they couldn't get there in anything other than the time it took you to send someone to run, tell them something was going on. Mm-hmm. And if they're a couple towns away, it might take a week for somebody to respond. So uh, the concept of citizens policing themselves had a robust history in, in England. And then when we brought over that law to the United States, Every jurisdiction has some form of citizen's arrest. But as you go through history, you see that as police techniques improve over time, the need for a citizen's arrest decreases over time. And because states can make up their own rules, you have a real patchwork quilt about different rules related to citizen's arrest. Some states, for example, uh, only let you arrest for a citizen arrest for a felony. Others allow for a misdemeanor. Some allow for both. Uh, Some require that the crime be committed in the person's presence. And that makes sense because you don't want to expand uh, the privilege to arrest to just hearsay and, uh, you know, rumor or innuendo. So you want to limit citizens somewhat because, look, let's face it. I mean, there are a lot of citizens you don't want to trust uh, with the arrest powers because they haven't been trained. And maybe they're just not very good at that kind of thing. Uh, But 
Danny, yeah. I, I actually happen to have, because I was doing another podcast, I happen to have this. This is the Georgia citizen's arrest yes. law. Have you seen it? See, yep. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've, I've, reviewed, I've read it and the case law on it, too. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but in Georgia, this is, this is about the most liberal a citizen's arrest law can be because it allows for uh, an offense, a, a misdemeanor, number one. And number two, it uses this very elastic phrase within his yep. knowledge, which, you know, jumping ahead, um, you could make the case that when a guy's played cat and mouse with some people on the street three or four times and they've caught him, they've seen his face clearly on security cameras. And one time the guy uh, actually chased him and he got away. And then the next, and a week later, he sees the guy, but didn't actually see him in the house, but his neighbor says he's here again. And he's, you know, seconds away. But that's, you know, it, if it didn't turn out that he got killed and it turned out that he actually, they just managed to catch him stealing something, let's say, I don't think many people would be saying, no, that wasn't proper. It wasn't within your immediate knowledge. I think the ending of this story forces us, it's, it's tough to, to see it forward looking in terms of what his immediate knowledge is. But I, I would say that given all the stuff that's come out in the last few days um, and the fact that they had been pinging the security cameras and sending cops the videos three days in a row and the cops sent, the cop advised that McMichael should be involved in all that. It does seem like, I would say, he did have immediate knowledge, but now there's, no, there's virtually no case law on it. Uh, but no, there yeah. isn't. You're exactly right. There's very little case law on it. And you're absolutely right that uh, in the presence is pretty easy to define. Within immediate knowledge, you might suggest that because those are so close to each other, maybe talking about you know, hearing it on the phone, but you're right in that I've been looking at that, that language and there really isn't a good uh, amount of guidance on what within immediate knowledge means. Well, because, is, I'm so, sorry, but Akaja, isn't it intentionally vague? Is it intentionally vague? No, I don't think, well, I mean, all statutes, I wouldn't say they're intentionally vague, but they have to be generally applicable to a bunch of different situations. So you're not going to have somebody say, well, I mean, it could have been more specific had they just left it at in immediate presence, which some states do, then the definition is much easier. It's not a sure thing because then you get into things like, well, what if I heard it and it was behind my house, I was 10 feet away, but I didn't actually see it. So you're but, right. But there, I'm sorry, more, more specific. But, and there's a shadow here and you can read something in the shadow. The shadow is they didn't say witness. You could say, if you witness the crime, that, that's right. uh, that they didn't say that. And, and that's, that would be the natural thing to say if that's what you intended. So whenever they have a, an elastic phrase, which is much more complex than the obvious phrase that was right in, in front of their eyes, I tend to think the intention was not to limit it to the obvious phrase, right? Into, they, were, they were opening the door to other unforeseeable situations, which would also be covered. Well, let me ask you this, Noam. How would you say that for these folks who got into a car, uh, and I believe they had had it reported to them that they uh, that this person was um, was on a construction site or in, a, in an unfinished house or whatever the case may be, how would that be within their immediate knowledge if they were reacting? Um, so this is this uh, is the whole correct, story. Yeah. This is the whole story as I know it, and it, is, it goes back even to October, I think. That um, they're not sure it's the same guy though. I, I, it looks like the same guy if you look at the camera. I haven't heard them. I haven't heard the family yet deny it. Well, no. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's all. It, it's. I mean, what else are you going to say? It looks. It looks exactly like him, and 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 the family has not denied that was that it was him. So I'm going to 
I mean, we, we can just shut down the conversation, but I'm saying I, I'm, let's, let's just proceed from what seems to be the case that this tall, slender black guy with a high haircut seen there multiple times. And it would be quite a coincidence if there were two young six foot joggers with a high haircut that were entering this home for two minutes and not taking anything. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's but, probably but not- But then you get into an issue. The, the statute says the offender. And if they're not correct, and in fact, they're not even sure if he is the offender, then you get into an issue of, do you get the benefit of the doubt with a mistake of fact? Okay, so, so, wait, so well, let me get back to your question. So, so um, it went back to October. The owner pinged the, was pinging the, was getting pinged by the, by the security camera. He was sending the, he was texting this to the cops. On February 11th, there was an, actually an incident where um, McMichael called 911, was there, chased him off the property, said he was in with a flashlight, tried to get the cops there, um, and he, they weren't able to catch him. And according to the New York Times today, this was at a time, just, just for the context, and I was surprised that, to read this in the Times because this had been kind of disputed, but in the Times today, they write that, uh, if I can't find it quickly, I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it, but they write that this was a time when there was a lot of property crime going on sure okay I'm, and, and, the, and the crime I'm, rate I'm, in this neighborhood is three times the average rate of georgia so okay i just want to say two things wait, and wait, then I'm, almost, I'm, I, I'm sorry okay, to take a ahead. long time but there's no way to do it without okay go ahead um, um thoroughness is the is the enemy of um you know being quick but but quickness here is maybe the enemy of 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 understanding so um you're gonna sing <laughs> I, I would have. So, and they, and they don't get him. And, and five neighbors were out there. So by, at this point on the 23rd, the entire neighborhood kind of seems to be on the lookout for this guy who's going in there, never committing any crime as far as anyone knows, might even be going in there to get a, a, a drink of water. But that's what, and, and the cop had even texted the homeowner saying, listen, next time this happens, get in touch with this dude, McMichael. He's former law enforcement. He can help you. So what happens on that day, the neighbor across the street or next door, I forget, calls 911 and says he's in there. He's, that's the neighbor who actually witnessed it. And then minutes after that, McMichael is also aware of it, but it doesn't seem like McMichael actually saw him in the house. He just saw him out of the house, but the neighbor says he just ran out of the house. And Mike, McMichael, you, I'm being the defense attorney here, presumably could see that's the guy, you know, that's the guy we've been chasing. And the cop told me to, to uh, do it. And then at that point, what happens is insane by our culture, but in Georgia, they take their shotguns with them everywhere. Oh, there's one other thing that in the February 11th 911 call, and again, you can roll your eyes if you don't believe it, but this is what he said. And then in the February 11th 911 call, McMichael says to the 911 officer, dis uh, dispatcher, I saw, when, I, when I went to him, when I went at him, I saw him reach his hand into his waistband. So I think he might have a gun. Be aware of that. That's what he tells, that's what he tells the cops. I know you're laughing because- By the way, but that's what police, that I, I argue motions all the time. Police noted, say that furtive movements uh, move their hand towards their waistline. I mean, that's what they, they use that kind of language all the time as a matter of course, because they know that there's no way to disprove it. And it can beat a motion to suppress evidence just based on that kind of language alone. Now, what's interesting about what's interesting, up, I'll right? bring last room, but I want to say something. What's interesting about this case, and, and, I, and I hope we don't fall into this trap, I've noted 
that just by reciting the facts, people get upset with me. Okay, just, because you're missing the point. That's why. No, no, but I'm not you're trying to get. I'm point. not trying to get to the point. I'm not, nobody should dare get to the point until we have all the facts on the table. If you well, if you want to if you want to if you want to do a detour around the facts and say you can make the point, fine. But what can I say? I don't know how to argue with it. But the point is that I'm, it's just interesting to me that somehow just by laying out all the facts, people get very upset with me, and that's wrong. These are just the facts. I you know why? Them. Do you know why people are getting upset with you? They shouldn't. No, they, they're getting upset with you because armed white men can storm a, a, a state capitol without consequence and a black man can't drive or walk down the street without the fear of being murdered. And let me ask you this question. Okay, say he's guilty of everything you yes, said. Yes, you're right, buddy. From now on, let me just, let me finish. Let me finish now. Let me finish now. And then I'll shut up. Let me finish. Okay? Say he's guilty of everything you claim he's guilty of. I say he's guilty of anything. Is it okay to use deadly force and kill him over that? Is that okay to kill somebody over breaking into a house and not stealing anything? You want me to answer? Well, why don't we... you know what? Before, before we go on, because I, I, I do, I'm with you, Noam, on laying out the facts. Obviously, my, my thoughts on this is, is, is totally whatever. I'm a, I'm a sizable black guy, so this is all nonsensical to me. But I would like to say to the facts, though, um, what we were just talking about, just the... Um, just a common sense test as we lay out those facts, because um, the, the, the Ferguson case also, um, there was the, the case that this guy had a gun, remember, in his jogging, in his, in his basketball shorts, remember? That was also stated by the cops. We weren't sure if he had a gun. So just as we lay out those facts, in terms of him having a weapon, just with, without us going back and forth, and I'm not gonna get into the right or the wrong of it, I don't think that there's anyone with any fraction of a brain that thinks that running shorts or basketball shorts can sustain a gun. Yeah. You, can't, you cannot, I mean, and I'm not talking about right or wrong. I'm just talking about just common sense. Does anyone in their right mind think that you can tuck a gun into basketball or running shorts and it would stay there? If I think you're presuming also the running, because I, I think they would, if you tie them up tight enough, they might stay, but running, I totally agree with you that that, that would be really difficult That's to run. That's not possible. No, no, but this, small, okay. yeah. this this is for Plexico Burris. Hold on, just so you know, for the facts, in the first 911 call, it says that he, they think he got into a vehicle. They didn't, there was no, there was nothing about running in the first one. He says, I think, he says, I think he got, he's gone. I think that's the vehicle he got into. So that's what he says. He could be all lies. Don't get me wrong, well, but just so you know. Yeah. Well, no, well, let's try this. Yeah. Let's assume just for argument's sake for the moment that uh, it's factually true that this person was uh, on, in the house, on the construction site, and maybe even just for, just for imagination's sake, that he was the person who was previously on site and uh, without permission to be on site. So now that brings us to the confrontation. How does that change the calculus of the confrontation? Okay, just so, assuming for the moment. Yeah, so just, just, for, just for the sake, sake of it, just like, this is, this is um, various surveillance camera things. And you see his hair, you can see my mouse, see his hair there. And you see his no, hair I'm saying, there. Let's, let's assume it's him. Let's yeah, but I just, wanna know, I just wanta know when Tony rolled his eyes, why it, I was saying like, I think it's the same guy. If you look at that, shape of that head and the hair okay but what is he doing well 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 wait a minute no no yeah. no you are factually correct about about uh let's assume that those videos um 
there's also tons of videos of lots of white people doing the exact same thing in the exact I, same I, house. I think I, I, those, those don't seem to be um, real, to, John. I, I'm not, I've, I haven't, I've seen those on YouTube. I haven't seen a single one of them on a reliable website. It's the same house. How does it not look the same to you? And send it to me now while we're, we're on, on air and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll there's, do it. There's kids pulling up on bikes. There's a John, I don't want to repeat. I don't couple that visits the same place. John, send, send it to me now, and I'll and I'll put it up. I'll put it up on the screen. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm just saying I haven't seen it on any. I've seen it on YouTube, and I but nothing that seemed that I could you trust. You don't see it in last night. Well, let's say let's say this. Was let's it on CNN this. last night? Yes. Let's okay, say this. Yeah. John and Tony, let's assume for the moment. Assume that this person was never in the house. We agree that if he was never in the house and there was never any reason to even think he looked anything like the footage of the guy in the house, that it's gonna be really hard to justify confronting him and, uh, and shooting him, right? We agree with that, because we can right. put that aside for a moment. Well, no, I wanna go saying, to know I'm saying let's assume that he was in the house and it was him. Right, okay. that's what I'm, right, right. So right. I wanna put that aside, what Tony and John are, Tony and John's position I think is, I, I don't think Noam would argue that if they had zero reason and they just, accosted a, a, a black guy running down the street, that they would be in the wrong, indefensible. But I think the closer question of where this is going to go is, what if there is evidence, and let's just, to, to, let's just give Noam the benefit of the doubt. Let's assume that they had the right guy, that they decided to confront the right guy. Because my point is, I think that might be a bit of a red herring, because even if that was uh, the same person that was in the house, and even if he was there without permission, and even if it did fit within some trespass law, because I'm not certain it fits within burglary because it's not an occupied not burglary, dwelling but not burglary. yeah but but some states allow for unoccupied dwellings too that's it so anyway, but, walk it, through a but it wasn't a dwelling not, but it I, wasn't a dwelling it wasn't I, arguably a dwelling so as I far mean, as I, I, know, I know as far as my research it would, would only be trespass so go ahead ask, ask your question so let's say so let's say this was the same person who was trespassing see I still think they run into some problems and and there are some things going for them on the defense as well. But I think the problem here is that while it is true in places like Georgia, you can go anywhere in public with a firearm, that's a different question of whether or not the force was reasonable under the circumstances. And the calculus of using force for citizens in Georgia uh, under the statute, which I think is like the next two sections down, is that the force must be reasonable given the circumstances. And what that really means is, is that you have to meet equal force with equal force. You can't bring a, a machine gun to a fist fight. And so uh, the other Georgia cases that I looked at, for example, uh, gave an example where somebody showed up with a baseball bat to effectuate a citizen's arrest, and that was too much force. I know so about somebody, that. somebody, and okay. John, I'm, I'm gonna so John, 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 one more thing. And so John's point, if it's reasonable, and I think you can, I think you can demonstrate this to a jury. If it's reasonable that you can see a gentleman running down the street in shorts and you can tell there's no, no bulge, no firearm bulge, and you know, you're pretty sure he's not armed, then does, does that get to the confrontation with the firearm? And then on the other side, on the defense side, you know, if I was defending this case, I would probably look to hire an expert to argue an expert in firearms to say that, hey, if somebody rushed me and I'm holding a shotgun, there's a good chance the gun might go off. And that might negate the intentional killing element. But go ahead, Noam, I'm just throwing so, some ideas out. So I think that, I, I mean, I felt all along that, that there was, I felt uncomfortable all along that they might have a really good defense here. And it's only gotten more uncomfortable as um, we now know that the cops had actually been responsible for sucking this guy into this incident. But leaving that aside for a second, 
Um, in Georgia, you, you can carry your gun with you everywhere. It's like for them carrying a gun. I mean, th there's actually a Georgia law being proposed now that would allow you to brandish your gun if you're having an argument. Literally, that's the law they're proposing. They, they, they regard uh, uh, it as a basic civil right as much as free speech. So, but if you take that plus the idea that he saw him earlier and he thought he might have a gun, I don't, if we're at the point where it was legal for him to try to make a citizen's arrest, I don't think carrying the gun along with him. No, would be, I agree. He can so, have the gun. Right. So, and then what, what you see in the video now is Arbery runs at him and you see him moving backwards, grabs, grabs the gun. And I think at the point where a guy runs at you and grabs your gun, um, I mean, if somebody rubbed, ran at me and grabbed, their, grabbed my gun, am I supposed to just let him have it and then wait to see if he shoots me with it? Well, more well, than somebody that, if somebody accosted you with a gun, wouldn't you rush him? What? Well, use, use of force training does teach that because guns are a force multiplier, losing your firearm is something that immediately reverses the, the imbalance of force. So, I mean, police are essentially trained that if you, you know, you have to guard that firearm because if somebody takes it from you, then now all of a sudden you're, you're in a deadly, it's no longer, it's now you're the one that's likely to be killed. So let me show this. This is interesting. I'm, I'm happy I have all these screens. This is what's interesting about the Georgia gun law. Any person who is not prohibited by law from possessing a handgun or long gun may have or carry on his or her person a weapon or a long gun without a valid license. So he's allowed to carry it. Now, this is what's interesting. Provided that if the long gun is loaded, it shall only right. be carried in an open and fully exposed manner. So in other no, words- We agree, yeah, we agree. They can show up with the gun. If he had a loaded shotgun, he was required to make it obvious required by law this law is so you see how this law creates this ridiculous contradiction but wait, I, he wasn't I have carrying it he wasn't carrying it he was brandishing well, where, where did you see between... that where did you see him he, he wasn't pointing it well he had it out i mean he was holding he it. has to have it out i think that's going to be different no 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 I, out I, just I, means displayed it means like it could be slung across your back it doesn't mean to be held in a in a ready position he didn't have it held in a ready position but mm -hmm. anyway uh, we don't know that we didn't we can't there's no i haven't really seen it a person is guilty of a misdemeanor, um, this is pointing or aiming a gun, when he intentionally and without legal justification points or aims a gun or pistol at another. So I didn't see him, I, let, me, let me put it this way. If he did point or aim it at him, I think he's guilty, bum, case closed, done, case closed. I don't, every angle that I've looked at this from, if he pointed that gun at him before Arbery tried, tried to grab it or before he was imminently about to get on him, I think the, uh, the shooter loses. So I, I have to say, I, I didn't say, see anywhere where he pointed it. I didn't see. It looks like it looks I, like it's I want to say I want to say something now. Well, again, using common sense, like John said, um, if you if you said that he they knew that he had a gun, the way they approached him, and he didn't have the the gun out, that doesn't make any sense. If I knew somebody have a gun, I'll have my gun out. I'll be from a distance. I'll drive slow. But he walked to him, so I don't think that he had a gun, and he, he knew that. Can yeah, that but, from the, but from the common sense standpoint, this is pure, unadulterated nonsense. Are you telling me that if some white girl is jogging through a neighborhood and she stops and looks at an empty house and some black dudes come outside with a shotgun and blow the bitch away, we would be having this conversation? Serious? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is anyone fucking serious? You can go through the... Would, would any, they would be under the jail. First of all, someone saw this video and did nothing. Yep. So yep. you tell me, you tell me what white chick 
could be jogging down the street, not take anything from a house that she inquisitively stopped into. Some black dudes come out in a truck, pull out a shotgun, blow the bitch away, and we would be sitting here on this podcast. Sure. Talk about, let's look at the maybe law. Maybe you're right, John. Maybe, maybe you're right. Serious? But what, Are so you what, fucking serious? All right, all right, but what's your- asking, What we're really wanting to say is, is it okay to shoot this nigga because we thought he was dangerous and niggas is dangerous so you can shoot him. Of course he was dangerous. You had to use your gun. Under no circumstances would a, two black guys be able to shoot some white person like this on video. Yeah. Okay, first of all, first of all, Coulter, maybe. But. Hold on. First of all, just for, just for, put the facts really? out there. John, calm down. First of all, I, I understand why it upsets you, but we, you know, we, we got to have a conversation or not about it. Um, the video was shot by the guys. The videos was shot by the guys who chased him and they turned there's, it over. There's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more than that. It's crazy. Yeah. The, so it wasn't shot by some, some witness. It was shot by them themselves and they, and they turned it over because they thought it would exonerate them. Exactly. And, Not and, only, and a lawyer. Wait, wait, hold on. And the nine, the nine one one call came from the second nine one one call happened, came from the guy who was chasing the guy down. In other words, he was trying to get the police there to catch this guy. So that's just the facts. Don't get mad. I'm those are just the facts. So why why, not, why so, not, so to say I'm that to say that they just blew some guy away is I mean, that's not it's it's just not quite the way it happened. What happened is that they, they saw a guy I that, saw the you're gonna tell me what I saw in the video? Yes. I'm telling I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying if you take those people that we saw in the video, and those are two black guys that stop in a truck in front of a white girl who stopped in some empty fucking house, and that was the end of it, we wouldn't be having this discussion anywhere in America. Absolutely. This isn't about whether this John, is right or wrong. Wait a minute. But you What's didn't give the same scenario that? twice. You didn't give the same scenario twice. Give, let me give you the scenario. A black, a black homeowner has a house that keeps, uh, somebody keeps trespassing on. He's been in touch with the police five times about it. The black, call, the, the guy that's trespassing his house five times is there again. The, the guy, the black homeowner chases the white guy who's been in his house five times before and knows that he almost got called before. That wasn't and the then, homeowner. And then, and then the white, the hold on. Then the white guy turns and, and comes at- changing the story. No, I'm trying to make it exactly the same way. Then the white, then the white guy who's running away turns and runs at the black homeowner who's chased him five times, goes for his gun, and the black owner shoots him away. Now I don't. Maybe you're right. Maybe they would put the they would they would throw away the key on the black guy because of the racist justice system, justice system. But all I'm saying is give the scenario exactly the same way in both directions. It's not as if, um, uh, uh I mean, it's, listen, there are good reasons. You know, I can't. There's very, very important reasons that anybody who's, who's building a house, just for the liability reasons alone, wants to make sure that people are not walking around in that house at night. There is, there is um, even though this happened during the day, but the previous ones were at night. There are exposed wires. There are tools. There are dangerous, there's dangerous violations. There's insurance. There's liability issues. There's, there, there's a million reasons. I was just looking it up. If you read like insurance, um, insurance and construction websites, Again, make sure that nobody goes on your property. It's very dangerous to have anybody on your property. These are the ways you avoid having anybody on your property. It's because it's a, it's a big, big risk. To, uh, now it's true, you're right, that if an old Chinese woman is in there, they're not gonna react the same way they are 
to a, a black kid, I guess. That, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but, 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 that, but the problem is that kind of fades away when it's not just a black kid, but it's the same black kid who's been in there four times before and has also been chased out and had the cops called on him once before. At that point, you're like, white, at, that, were, at some point- There white people who so John, had been in there before. Yeah, but it's some, they called the cops is because it was a black guy. You got, I'm waiting for your email to, to back that up. I, I looked, I Googled CNN for that. I can't find it. I have a question. You, you know point, more about this case, obviously. Was there a fence around the property? No, at some point, this actually can just, it can just at some point, and that doesn't mean it's still not murder. It can also just become a human who is persistently trespassing, even though you're trying to get him to stop. At some point, it can transform from a, listen, I'll give you a flip side of what you're saying. It bothers me. There was just an article yesterday. Jersey has had an all-time record of anti-Semitic attacks this month. In the history of, of, of statistics, more anti-Semitic assaults in Jersey than you've ever seen before. Not one mention there of the race, the overwhelming race of the people who were assaulting the Jews in Jersey City, even though we know it's mostly black on Jewish crime, even though if you go to the actual stats, you can see the race of the people. Do, they don't mention it. They don't mention it. And you know what? Maybe they shouldn't mention it. But, the, but the, the fact that you can just assume because it's a white on black crime that this is racism. And when it's repeated assaults by black guys on anti, on, you can't, you become the racist if you want to bring up the color of the assaulter, right? So you're racist. You don't bring up the color of the assaulter here, and you're racist if you do bring up. And it, it's because it's just it's all we're working backwards from everything. So I'm not saying it wasn't racism. I don't know. There was another report in the papers, by the way, and it could also be bullshit that the daughter said, "I haven't had a black, I haven't had a white boyfriend in ten years, and every one of my boyfriends, my father's treated as part of the family." So maybe that's false. Maybe it's true. Maybe we'll get an interview. I have no maybe. idea what that has to do with. <laughs> it has to do with painting the email address. It has to do with. Well, you you would you would presume that the average guy on a lynching doesn't have his wife's black boyfriend over. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the only reason yeah. I'm the this, color this that I am. This can be a terrible am, crime without. This can be a terrible crime the even without I'm the, the race. The reason I'm the color that I am is because black women were raped incessantly in the South. So you can still have a black mistress or a black woman that you fucking and oversee a plantation full of niggas be racist as a motherfucker. So I have, I have no idea what that has to do with this discussion. Okay, John, you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. Nothing. You, I have no idea what that has to I'll, do I'm with I'm gonna tell you what it has to do with it. And I think you might agree with me even. Absolutely not, not. We're not, appro <laughs> not approaching this. I'm just letting you know before you get started, absolutely not. And this, and this can explain a lot between why I, where I am, where you are, where I am, where I am, why you are, where you are, and why Danny is probably, uh, identifies with my way of thinking, even if he doesn't agree with my conclusions, which is that you're not approaching this from a presumption of innocence point of view. The presumption of innocence point of view says, I don't care how many young black kids have been mugging and raping women in Central Park. These Central Park Five defendants, can, you can't bring that into it. You can't tell me, listen, you should believe they did it because you, have you seen how many black people have attacked white people in Central Park? That's how injustice occurs. This is, and this is exactly the same thing. And that is why the Central Park Five kids got convicted, because it looked so much like what was happening all the time. And that sloppiness runs counter to the presumption of innocence. And I will, I'm gonna dig in, and I'm not gonna allow history and the fact that other people who look the same, have done the same statistics, to, to force me to go easier towards the conclusion of what happened here, because that's not the way we do things. We can only bring in what we know happened here. And as a matter of fact, I'll go this far. When you're bringing in history like that, 
I feel like you're losing because it means you don't have a strong enough case on the facts. If you had him dead to rights on the facts, you wouldn't have to bring up the fact that there's been lynching. I know there's lynching. If I'm poor, if I'm, I, I never, I've not once said lynching during this whole conversation. If, 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 if a poor kid who's born to some Palestinian terrorist family is convicted of a crime, is accused of a crime in Israel, I don't want them bringing up the fact that he's Palestinian, you know, he had, comes from a lot of terrorists. They got to prove he did the crime. Right. So, 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 okay, but, that, wait, but no, then why no, don't the two wait, guys no. that killed him Held to the same. Why aren't they held to the same standards? Well, no, no. They're not held to any point, standard. You have to prove they did it. Well, wait, no. To your point um, about let's wait until we get the. But they don't have to prove a, that a he was guilty mine, before they murdered him. A friend of mine sent a, actually DM me and said, "Hey, John, why didn't you post about the the Aubrey case?" Right, and the reason being is because I I to be honest with you didn't know all the facts of the case. The only reason that you say that I'm, the reason that I probably am arguing from a place where I normally wouldn't argue from of innocence or guilt is because I saw the fucking video. But what did you say that I, what, do you, what was your interpretation of it? My interpretation was that I was willing to give up the fact that this guy walked into a house and was in there looking around, was caught on video. And let's say he was caught several times. But I did not think that the end of that should have ended with two guys surrounding him with shotguns and him being shot. There's no, there's, there's nothing that he could have done in that house that should have ended his run like that. Well, I agree with that. I, 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 I agree with you so much that I don't even think it matters if, if they had caught him and they found that he stole expensive power tool, it wouldn't make me think he deserved it anymore. But that's, right. but, 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 but I'm, what I'm trying to bring out is that the law created a structure here, a crazy fucked up structure that was that's almost guaranteed to lead to this kind of thing. That, and that, they have a, and and if they and if that's the law, then um, you can't convict them if they didn't break the law. That's all I'm saying. Do I think it's it, it's right? So let's let's watch the video uh, just for, uh, just so we can all we might as well watch it, right? Let's see, and I'll show you what I'm. So now, by the way, just so you know, the guy filming this video, I'll show you the map. He has already been chasing this dude around. He's trying to box him in. They doubled back and changed directions. So this is not the beginning of this chase. This is the end of what seemed to be a pretty, pretty extensive chase, probably a half a mile chase. I'll show you the map in a second. But anyway, so he's, so he's running. And now, now at that point, let me just go back. At that point, what I see, I don't know, John sees, nobody, I don't see him, you know, I don't see the guy there standing, pointing a gun at him. He obviously could double back the other way. He could run to his right, run to his left. And he runs and then immediately, everybody goes out of frame. He runs around the car. And now notice the momentum here. See that? And I'm saying that at that point, if he's done nothing wrong up until then, the shooter, at that point, it looks like the guy shooting is, is um, defending himself. Question is what oh, happened? Not to me. Not to me. It doesn't look like that at all. I haven't seen that tape. First before. of all, first of all, you for, you to, for you to, for you no. uh, once again, we're, you, you can always ch try to sit here and justify. But John, you said you saw something let different me, on the let video. Me, let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead. Go finish. ahead. Sorry. First of all, you can always sit here and this with this nonsensical justifying the unjustifiable. Because if that was two black men, like I said, chasing a white girl who was jogging, you'd be we. Everyone in this country. I'm, never mind these panelists the rest of the country would be losing their shit. Second of all, in the event that you are in a truck with a gun and this guy is jogging along, that makes it even more, 
the, 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 the ability for you to call the authorities and say, we're following him. This is exactly where he is. Exactly. There's one more reason to call the proper authority. They did that. No, I'm saying, and not get out of the trunk. Well, but then he be, then he be, and we're looking for a confrontation. He's jogging along. You jump out the truck with a gun. John, I agree with you, but the thing And then is, try to defend that, oh, the guy attacked him after he jumped out with a shotgun. Really? I, I agree with you, but I don't know that the law requires them. I don't so, know that the law requires them to do that. But let's, let's do a thought experiment here. Watch the video again, just using your scenario. And just imagine that, the, that everybody- I don't need to see the video again. It's tragic. It's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, you don't have to show the video again. Okay. Black guy gets shot. We get I, it. He right. rushed the guy that came at him with a gun. That's all okay, I saw. Shotgun that had been that had been that had been menacingly following him. Yeah. Yes, menacing, he's been menacingly following yeah. him. But the video does not show him rush the guy that came after him with a gun. The video shows him run about thirty yards towards a guy who's holding the gun. So yeah, so because the guy's got a gun. You can't run away from a gun. Well, you can run. I'm not saying and he does have a guy following him. See, that yes, the camera but, work yeah. suggests that okay, there's so somebody close really in Once that front guy well, gets I, out of that I, truck I, I, with I, the gun, I, I want to say a couple of things first. Let me, uh, let me show you guys the map. Let me show you the map, and then, and then uh, where is it? Uh, why, why, why the video is not complete? He only showing this part. Why didn't he release the whole video? Because they proved that this video was cut. So why can't we see the whole from video. the video? They'll get the whole video. He turned. Yeah, he turned only the part that he wanted to. This is the this is the map. Okay, so so if you can see it, where my mouse is, this is the site that was trespassed. This oh is God. the neighbor who called nine one one the first time. This, right. this is the house of the killer, McMichael. Okay. Right. This is the house over here of the guy who shot the video, and for, I traced according to the police report, which of course could be bullshit, but even even for what it is. He, um, I'm sorry, Aubrey was running this way. If you can see my mouse. Then Roddy started chasing him back this way. So they doubled back this way. Now Aubrey's running this way. However, the video that we see starts about here pointing this way. So somehow mm. everybody got turned around. Now maybe the truck turned around on this road or maybe the truck went up here and came back down this way. But whatever, however you slice it, this was a big chase, and somehow, if they were here, they should have been running that way. But as you can see from the video, they were running this way. Aubrey was running this way because the stop sign is here and the little uh, cement thing. And, I, and I, I checked this out very closely. I also, I mean, I probably have the, yeah. I, this is the video frame, and this is from Google Maps. So you can see the stop sign is here. The cement block is here. There's a cement block. You get, the stop sign is in the video. It just goes out of frame. You can't get it all in one frame. This is the driveway. This is the driveway. And this is facing, this is facing what, what appears to be south, even though it's not quite south. This is Trayvon Martin on stage. So this is a hell of a chase. Trayvon Martin. Yeah, why are two white guys chasing a guy with guns? Chasing a guy that's jogging with guns. Well, because, in, because they're trying to make us... Shotgun. Purportedly, because they're trying to catch this trespasser who they've been trying to catch four times before. Now, do I think that... Do I think that there should be a law that called that that this is murder? Absolutely. This should not be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed for a misdemeanor. It shouldn't be allowed for a trespass. It shouldn't be allowed. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy fucking well, law. And people shouldn't be able to carry yeah. their guns around. And also, well, guys, wait, well, those are, those are thing how come they never shoot they shoot a guy in the knee? It's so easy to shoot a guy in the knee. Why but do you Danny have to kill him? Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point. I mean, the the point the issue of open carry, I think is totally separate from the need for citizen's arrest. 
I don't think we need it anymore. I don't know why we have it. We don't, it's, it, when you look at the, uh, when you look at how many people are in America now and how many citizens you wouldn't trust to take their gun and go out and arrest people and make that decision to arrest, which is something we traditionally think of as entrusting only highly trained law enforcement, federal or state or local officers. Now, we may agree, but, well, consider this, with all that training, or do we uniformly think the police do a perfect job of arresting? Not at all. And that's with a ton of training all the time. So now you have these state statutes that exist everywhere. Most citizens don't even know the contours of their own state's citizen arrest laws. And I, I agree that if there were no citizen's arrest law, this never would have happened. I mean, or it, it likely wouldn't have happened because you had a former law enforcement or, who probably or, would have known or, that you can't do that. Or if this was a white woman, or if, you know, it's somehow, it just, it just you know, systematic. You know, can, let me, John, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I've defended, I've been, I'm a criminal defense attorney. And one of the things I've thought a lot about is what can I, the challenge with, with using race is just, it can be so hard to prove it in a, in a particular case. And this oh, is just I something totally, to chew on. I totally on. agree. Totally and, agree. I, and I think it's, so, so unfortunately we're left with sort of conjecture. We'll never really know what was in their, their minds. In, in many ways, I've often thought that there are factors that people openly discriminate against and we don't really think about them so much. And just something to chew on is that, number one, if you look at it, if you take race out of the equation, I think personally that police openly discriminate first against youth, males. I mean, young males of any color are almost immediately suspects in anything. And, and I can't tell you how many cases I've had where police are in pursuit, they turn a corner, an old lady and a little kid, and then an 18 year old, and they just grab the 18 year old because, you know, why not grab the 18 year old? Uh, I, I think they target, I, I think they target the poor. And John, I think you'll find this interesting because I, I came up with this after uh, um, Eric Garner and uh, the Ferguson case is size. If you remember the Eric Garner case, if you look at that, irrespective that was, that of what Eric Garner's first, that color was. That was the first was, thing I said about my interaction with the police. Yeah, Eric Garner was, uh, forget his race, if he was of no race. If he was uh, five foot, 110 pounds, there would not have been 11 Staten Island officers surrounding him. So it's interesting. There's some, there's some factors that also play into it too. You have a young male uh, who people don't recognize running through a street. Now, I mean, was it racially motivated? Maybe, we may never know. Uh, it's certainly possible. I have a question quickly. Um, so now we are in the fourth DA, DA right? The yes. first two excuses oh, themselves. There's another factor, yes. That's a good point. So wait, wait, Hatem, Hatem, before you just hold that, I promise you, I want to, I want, because I don't want to come back to Danny's. <laughs> no, the, the man hasn't spoken. You went through it's a my first You're moving, it's you're moving on to the DA. Well, then, I'm, then I, because I'm going to bring it back to this for a second afterwards. And so let me bring it, let me just finish with this and then we'll wrap it up and then we'll go up to the DA because that's a, the Georgia law enforcement issue. Yeah. I want to say two things. First of all, John, um, you know that one time there was an argument between you and Coleman about um, racial stuff. Coleman's a black friend of ours. And I, you know, I said to Coleman, I think in front of you, but definitely behind your back. I said, Coleman, you're not being fair. You don't understand what it's like to go through life as a big, maybe threatening looking black dude. You're, you're small and, you know, and I said, you need to understand what life looks like from behind his eyes. So I, I very, very much respect, really, from my heart. I, I, I feel like I, I, I mean, I, I completely respect it and I have 100% certainty that is true without you even me having to tell me. I'm aware of that, number one. But number two, I want everybody to think about this because I, I stubbornly dig in on this 
at some kind of risk to myself in terms of the PC world out there, but it's just, it just comes down to this. So many black people have been convicted as a result of profiling. Enough so that it ought to give you pause if you want to adopt that same process to, to convict white people. It is, it, is, it is either wrong or it's right. There are, it, and in the end, black people are gonna be way more the losers of this, young black kids who you can fit into a statistical profile and a look and use that to tilt the scale towards their guilt. And that's exactly what you guys are advocating. Maybe I haven't realized it and thought about it. That's what you're advocating here in terms of jumping to the conclusion that these white guys are guilty. And I want you, I'm just asking you to stop and think for a second. Am I embracing profiling? And if I'm embracing it, does that mean I only believe you can profile white people? And I think at that point, you begin to realize why I'm coming at this the way I am. It is not, I'm not defending anybody here. I'm saying the profiling should have no part in this unless you want it done in both directions. Okay, Hatem. That's what started this. Profiling started okay. this. Yes, go ahead, Hatem. Um, okay, so um, I have two questions. Now, we are in the fourth DA, DA right? Ooh. First two excuse themselves because of they know the guy, right? So that's the first fact. Second thing is this happened a long time ago and nobody did anything. So do you think he's going to get a fair trial? Okay, the first thing uh, about the DA, yeah, he was a DA investigator. They're, they're an interesting animal. They're, not they're usually former cops. They work in the DA's office and they basically serve subpoenas and do investigations for them. So he'd be even closer to the DAs than your average cop who may not even have any reason to meet the local DA. Uh, and so do I think they can get a fair trial? I mean, I mean, I mean, just a little, quickly, why didn't he excuse himself right away? Why did he wait all this time? And then another one then. And then, you know what I'm saying? That's my point. They're trying to milk right. it a little bit. Right. Well, I think at the outset, I think what you saw happening is that at, at the very beginning, uh, the investigators adopted the words of a former cop and made them fact. And the problem with any murder is you don't have another side of the story. Uh, any self-defense case that, that is a, a murder case involves one side telling his or her complete side of the story. So I, my suspicion is that early on, cops arrive on the scene, you have a former cop, he tells them everything that happened, this is pre the video coming out, and that is why, I mean, it's, it's less about, uh, my guess is it's less about race initially than it is that, that tight blue line of former law enforcement uh, and them just adopting everything he said. Yeah, we were just trying to ask him what he was up to and he attacked us. And I think- But doesn't that yeah, show, doesn't that show that they could have, change things because he's a cop and right so should they have should they have recused that not not necessarily if and this is just me guessing not if they dismissed it as a non-crime early on so if they arrive on the scene and they decide that um you know that uh that that the story that they adopt right away hey this is the guy that was running around there's all these neighbors around yeah that's the guy uh, five or six different people you know, pretty early on, they're deciding that, oh, this was a, a good shooting. I mean, this is, there's nothing wrong here. So no, even, not even a need to reach the recusal issue, which happens later. It happens after the police bring the report to the DA and the DA has to make a decision whether or not to recuse. That's my uh, guess as to why this happened. I found something for, in John's behalf. On November 17th, Mr. English's security cameras captured a white man and white woman entering the house together. The next night- Wow. 
the next night capt- next night cameras captured the young black man again a young black man again so um it doesn't say that who those that, that white couple was and and whatever it is but but there that there was at least that much to to um back up what john said so they have on so, november, so november, that, november 17th there was a, if there is a jury yeah. it's going to go jury right yeah oh yeah yeah this will be a jury trial yeah, so, but, 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 the, but the other thing that I was saying is I understand that, like, you know, there's always like, hey, let's just look at the case and take race out of it, right? Which I, you know, I totally understand that argument. But how many times do you have to say, hey, let's look at every single time this happens? And it's never some dead white girl, right? It's never some dead white couple that also went in the house. We always have to dismiss all of the other incidents of some unarmed black man that was chased down by some Zimmerman, by these two vigilante people, and let's take race out of it. But again, again, but let me finish, let me finish. Even if we did take race out of it, because I totally agree that I think that size and sex, meaning a large male running has a total different, by law enforcement, by everyone, gets a different oh, yeah. response. So I totally agree with you on that. So let's make, let's, let's take race out of it and say that we didn't know and someone just said, and I just overheard, yeah, some guy walks into some abandoned, you know, some, some about to be built house and then takes off running again. He, he stops by there on his run every, every other day or whatever. At the end of it, two guys surround him and shoot him. I don't care what race any of them are. That that ended wrong and, in my opinion, should be at least uh, a manslaughter charge. You don't, get to, you don't get to stop somebody who went into an empty house. No one has any evidence that he ever took anything from No, him. it looks like he didn't take anything. The evidence, yeah. is, that he, the evidence is that he never took anything. So even if we take race John, out of it, but I'm yeah. just saying that it's difficult for me to take race out of it when I continue to see people who look exactly like me at the end of these unarmed, unarmed, these aren't, these aren't standoffs. But John, that's actually interesting what you're saying. It is difficult. I get it's difficult. I'm sure that it was difficult for the people judging the Central Park Five to take race out of it too. And I'm saying that, that it requires, it's not, it's human nature to jump to these conclusions. And that's why I'm saying it's so important that we gird ourselves. I don't think we, watching a video we, is jumping to a conclusion. No, it's a jumping conclusion about race. Let me, let me just say this. The, John, you may, you may find that these defendants may not even get a uh, citizen's arrest jury instruction as part of their defense. They may not be qualified for it. And the reason for that is, let's assume, again, from the beginning, I said, let's assume just for argument's sake that he was trespassing. This is the same guy. So now you ask, well, what kind of force did they bring to restrain someone to effect a citizen's arrest of somebody who was a trespasser? Not somebody who was a shooter, not somebody who was a an axe murderer, somebody who was a... let. Assume for the moment they were right, just for, but I, and I don't think they can. I don't know that they can prove that. Right. But that this was a uh, an abs- This was the offender. This was a trespasser. They're, they they reasonably believed it and they were right because some states don't allow you a reasonable mistake. You have to get it right if you're a citizen. So uh, so then I still think they might not get a, a jury instruction on citizens' arrest because they brought. Now again, I'm not disputing their ability to travel around with a gun slung on their back. They're allowed to do that me, me when either. they apply the force. It's a right to carry state. 
So Dan, right, right. Dan. but it's at the moment of application of force. That's so Danny, I would say that um, I, I, I read, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a crazy person when it comes to these things. I, I, I bought a book on Amazon last week about <laughs> by a guy who does citizen's arrests and he goes to mm. all the states. And you he delivered it in one week? It's the only book on Amazon you can get. It's pretty interesting. It's like $3. And he says that he, he, um, he never brings a weapon on his citizen's arrest because and he, he actually paints scenarios exactly like what happened here, how he could wind up in jail or dead if he brings a weapon. But he does say sure. you, have, you have the right to bring your weapon if it's, if, the, if it's a carry state, that you can bring your weapon. On. I don't know if he's you right. Bring right? It. That's yeah. right. And um, given the fact that McMike, there is a call from the shooter or, or the dad. I, maybe it's the shooter or the, the, the son was the, yeah, I think it's from, it's from the shooter who said he thought he saw the guy carrying a gun a week earlier. I, I think a, a jury is going to have a hard time saying you should have chased down a guy who you thought was carrying a gun last week and left your gun in the truck. I mean, it, I, I find that if, if, you get, if it gets that far, I think the defendants but don't, don't you see the irony in the fact that you're saying that two people that the two people who admit to uh killing this guy uh uh should be considered uh innocent until proven guilty but yet they didn't give those same rights to the guy that they killed yeah that's right well yeah that's our system i mean if you're there's so so the right even if they you say that the unfortunately the killing uh, was done without judicial process. So you're right. I mean, they made a decision to, to shoot him with their firearm. But yeah, our system says no matter what horrific thing you're accused of, you get the presumption of innocence. And sometimes that's the only thing. I've had cases where the evidence is bad. All you can do is really get up there and argue the presumption of innocence and the beyond a reasonable doubt standard. And so that's that the best you can do. Danny, what, what's your prediction to uh, what's going to happen next? What do you think they'll, they'll be charged of? I think they'll be charged, I think, because it's a high profile case, what I frequently, my criticism of prosecutors is that they overcharge in high profile cases. And that can set them up, themselves up for failure. So will they maybe charge with murder? Yeah, because I think they'll think of this as a lying in wait. And then they, lying in wait is one of, usually one of the aggravated circumstances for first degree murder. However, uh, I think, that between the, uh, the citizen's arrest argument, which may or may not fly for the reasons I said before, and also the argument that based on uh, the holding, and I'm not saying it's one way or the other, I'm talking about creating reasonable doubt, not one way or the other. If they get an expert, a firearms expert to come in and testify that, hey, if I'm holding a firearm down and somebody charges me and grabs it, it could go off. I'm not sure they can find an expert to do that. I think they could. That could create some more reasonable doubt. So then, I think you're getting closer to, to a form of manslaughter, to a, uh, an involuntary manslaughter. But there were three shots. Right. But then it gets into, right. Then it gets into how were those three shots, you know, how were they so, fired? Were they by so the way, grappling or? Can I ask well, you so a question? Multiple shots. If, they don't, if they don't give the citizen's arrest instruction, then they open themselves up to it being overturned on appeal. If somebody, if the, if the court thinks, if an appeals court thinks they should have given that instruction, if, if it's overturned, is he, are they free or is there, are they retried? Retried. Retried. If a conviction, if there is a conviction and they fail to give the citizens arrest, they, they would send it back. Yeah. They'd vacate it and send it back down. But the problem is if it's been like 10 years, I've had cases like this too, where it's been 10 years, it goes back down. And I mean, some of the witnesses are gone. I don't think that would happen here, but uh, the case is 
kind of dead on arrival as a result. But you asked about the three different shots. Well, when you talk about self-defense or all the, each shot is treated as a, a, a distinct event. So by the time you get to the third shot, the argument is going to be, well, by then they're in a struggle for their life. It's, you know, any man could get the gun. Therefore, it's a stronger case for self-defense. It's that first and second shots that, that it's going to get really complicated because you have to justify each and every shot when it comes to deadly force. I mean, I mean, the other thing is you, you, you look at that, you look at that jog path and you think about all of the other options yeah. that these guys had. Two guys in a truck with two shotguns. So that's not mm -hmm. like this. The, no, one was a three fifty seven Magnum, a shotgun and a handgun. Right, but I'm just saying you're following a jogger, knowing that this guy can't do anything to you. You're fully armed to the teeth in this fucking truck. And 911 on the way. And 911 on. And you can follow him and, t and tell 911 exactly where he is. He didn't run in the bushes. He just yeah. kept running along the path. You could say we're, we're right behind him. You know what I mean? There was no need. There was no need to corner this guy, a truck behind him, and a truck in front of him. And then get out of the truck. I don't. I don't think anybody disagrees with you on that. It's, it's almost self-evident. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean that it's the law doesn't allow for it. Also, they have stand your ground rules. They have all. They have all kinds of crazy law. I, as I said one time about this, you're asking us to judge Sharia law, but you want to bring in Western concepts into it. You know, Georgia is. You know, you, you got to take their Sharia law and decide based on and think of, think of yourself as a Sharia court. If you, want me, if you want to make the argument that these Sharia laws are nuts and you can't cut off the hand of a guy who steals something, like, yeah, of course, we all agree. But oh, no, no. there's, I'm, a, there's I'm, a law book I'm, here. And I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just talking about in terms of- No offense, know, Hatem. Like, like they say the, the, in, in war, that you surround a guy three ways and then give him a path out. I remember I was shooting a reality TV show. I had a reality TV show that I sold to BET where we were to play fake cops that were scaring the shit out of spring breakers. It was called spring bling. So we would go down there, we would scare the shit out of these kids. Legally, the legal department would be standing behind the cameras. The legal department told us, because we were pretending to be cops, right? That if one of these kids, let's say we came into a hotel room, we would knock on the door sometimes, come into the hotel room, you guys are drinking in here, everybody get down. If one of the kids tried to run. I love them, this show. It was so funny. It was so I love funny. this show. Yeah, it was I hilarious. It's amazing, but I think there might have been some legal issues, but I love it. <laughs> yes. And you know what? One of the legal issues was they were like, we couldn't even in any way impede their path because that right. was trespassing. We couldn't stand in front of the door. We False couldn't imprisonment. Them, yes. We couldn't keep them against their will. These guys literally surrounded this guy. There's literally a truck in front of them and a truck behind him. You literally did exactly what they told us legally. We, could, we couldn't impede the person. You got to give them a path out. They stopped in front of them, and they literally cornered this guy and then jumped out with a shotgun. And you know, the, the sad part, that if this case didn't get media, Can you imagine two black guys cornering a white woman and pulling out a shotgun on her? In what world? It would never happen. You would never have this discussion in this country. There would be, they, first of all, without a goddamn video. And then if someone saw the video, are you fucking serious? Well, John, we, we gotta wrap up. Can I, can I bring up two things that I, uh, that I think are behind the scenes? Most people won't talk about them, but I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. I'm sure you are. 
No, because because Norm, I I can't edit anything. Okay. Because no, because <laughs> well, and they're, they're kind of related. The two things I'm going to bring up. The first thing is that the in the in the minds of people lurk stuff they never want to talk about, and for you know I remember that quote. I, I brought it up because it it's um it got a lot of play at the time. Jesse Jackson had said famously. There is nothing more painful to me at this stage of my life than to walk down the street and hear footsteps and start thinking about robbery. Then I look around and see someone white and feel relieved. Um, that is a very painful quote, I'm sure, for you. I, I don't, I, 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 I. No, because I don't know what that has to do with what we're talking about. What, what it has to do with is that a juror is unfortunately gonna say to themselves, yeah, it's true if it was an Asian lady, they probably wouldn't have chased them. But that's not, be, they're going to say, that, but I, and if they're, they're going to say like, well, yeah, but I would, I would be more nervous about a young black kid too. Just like Jesse Jackson is more nervous about a young black kid. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up because it's real because people really think that way and they don't think it's racism no more than Jesse Jackson did. And then related to that, and this, it, it related to that, o Obama said something that really bothered me. He said, um, uh, it's related. Well, I'll tell you, he said, he's talking about this case. He said, the underlying inequities of the black community's face, he added, and he says, we see it when a black man goes for a jog and some folks feel like they can stop and question him and shoot him even if he, if he doesn't submit to their questioning. And I thought to myself, why would this trained lawyer, knowing how likely it might be that these people could get off, knowing that it's clearly not a case of a guy jogging. It's a case of a guy who was trespassing into a house four or five times, who was then playing cat and mouse and called 911. Like he may, he paints it to the people who don't know the facts. It's like the guy's just jogging and some white guys say, what are you doing around here? And shot him. So he is setting up a situation for tremendous, for riots, for whatever it is. When he's the one person on earth who has the respect, he could say, listen, these, these are the following things that are terrible, but we better be careful here because um, the law in Georgia is this way and is a presumption of innocence and it may not go the way we like. Instead, he actually basically tells a lie in the way he characterizes the story. If you read that and that's all you know, and then I told you, no, did, you, did, they, did he mention that they, the kid was in a, trespassing in a house four times? You're like, no, he never mentioned that. Well, well, okay, it, it, because it wasn't a house, it was a construction site. Okay, but he's still trespassing. And- um, the difference. So this all adds up to real life. And, and the fact that we can't talk about the real, this real stuff is why it's, this is so dangerous. We're, we're, we're adding, we're sucking the air out of a pressure cooker here. And, and so if that blows, we're contributing to it here. Everybody should be talking about these arguments openly, clearly, so that if this case comes down in the wrong way, the American public will be not really, holy shit, they shot down a jogger and they got away with it? As opposed to they chased after a trespasser, maybe he grabbed the gun. Like, just, 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 just have the facts out there. You don't need to characterize them better or worse than they actually are. We all agree, based on the facts, we, none of us think this should be allowed. American question public is, has bigger question, problems right now. The question is, is it allowed? Is it allowed? And that, And I think there's a happy outcome here for the family, happier than otherwise, is that because the police seem to enlist this guy in this thing. Hopefully they're gonna get a nice multi-million dollar civil suit out of the state of Georgia. 
which, um, you know, I may not give them the closure of a guilty verdict, but it's millions of dollars. What you agree with that, Danny? I mean, I think they might, they might have a, a great civil suit. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they have an argument to the extent they were directing these folks, the police were directing these folks to get involved, which is just, that would be really surprising that the police would give any instruction, even to a former cop to do anything other than just, you know, uh, than just do nothing or keep an eye on them or anything else. So I, I think you could have a section 1983 claim against the, uh, the government or a uh, state, you know, wrongful, well, yeah, malicious prosecution. I don't know how they would, they, they would, it, it would be tricky, but they, you know, it's not a slam dunk, but hopefully they, they have some, some recourse. And there is, and there is, by the way, um, somebody else brought it up and it's interesting. There is such thing as a constructive nuisance, which means that, uh, I think that's what you call where attractive you, nuisance, attractive nuisance, attractive where, where you can suck people like the, this house, it goes to what Tony's point about not being a home, this construction site, could be considered possibly as attracting trespassers, in which case maybe the owner of the home could be subject to a civil suit here. I don't know, but having said that- I don't that, think that I, guy would I, have entered if there was a fence around it. Listen, I, if there was a I fence around it, I doubt he would have entered it. Yeah, but you're not, you're not requ legally required to have a fence. Um, By the way, just as an aside, I mean, not only when I was a kid did I go sneak into construction sites, exactly. but as an adult, if I see yeah. a new, new piece of new construction, I march yeah. right on in there and check exactly. it out. I, I hate exactly. to say it. I, would you do I, it at night? Would time. you do it at night with? A, would you do it at night with a flashlight in some in some else in the neighborhood? I'm actually in a construction in site right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can't see. I show He's social distancing. Site. Well, that's why. Reconstruction site. Danny, that's why the first. That's why the first 911 call on February 11th is so important here, because at that point, if it's true that he got chased out of there and and they were. At that point, he's clearly on notice that he's not supposed to be back in that house. I think everything changes if that call is true. I mean, I mean, Danny, he's not the only, first of all, I do it too. I walk, when I see yeah. houses being framed, I do the exact same thing. I go and try to imagine the layout, whatever, whatever. Yeah. We all sure. do it. And there were many people who did it in this structure. It wasn't, he wasn't right. the only one. There's, there's video of lots of people walking in there doing the okay. exact same thing. Which yep. is why, yep. once again, my brain goes to, oh, here we go having to excuse when none of those people were ch chased down and shot. None of those yep. people were, they called 911 on none of those people, but we always have to act like, hey, let's take a race out of it. But I, to I don't make more cops on none of those other people that walked in the same fucking structure. John, I built, I built the house that I'm in now. And if I, if during the building of that house, I have to be honest with myself. I, if I saw a young kid in there, any color at night with a flashlight, um, as opposed to a husband and wife coming Going in for during, copper, a husband, husband and wife coming in during the day, Lagrand, I would all the same color. I would react much more alarmed by the young kid coming in at night with a flashlight than I would the husband and wife. Well, we all, yeah. we, and we, I think, we, and I think yeah. that's, I think every one of us would. And, and don't forget, but be mindful of what I said. said no, if I were walking past in the neighborhood and I saw uh, your your home when it was, I wouldn't do it anymore, obviously, but. Uh, <laughs> fuck out of my home, John. <laughs> John, I've been meaning to tell you this. Stay away from my fucking wife too, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it anymore, but back in the day, I would always go glance in those fucking houses. Sure, you, you oh yeah, do it I do it. Flashlight. And I, I, I wonder. I wonder if there's 911 calls to the other people that went there. It was only for the black guy, right? 
There was of no course. other nine one one. Of course. So Danny, uh, just to wrap it up, what who do you think have um, a chance to win this? I think look, I think that if any high profile case, the normal rules get turned on their head. I think people I think people look at self-defense a little more closely than they would ordinarily. I mean, I see people using self-defense and it, I just don't see it working in any of my cases that you've never heard of. It's the high profile aspect that makes people pay attention to things more like citizens arrest. And that's if that that's if that defense is even allowed. It might not be. Uh, and self-defense. Uh, those are all uh, I mean, those are factors that maybe ultimately uh, they've got a, a decent chance, but at the same time, it really depends on the jury. It really does. This is, a, this is gonna be a real close call. Okay, uh, I found this for John. This is, this will be the last, this is, uh, the, the headline is, um, can I get it full screen? Yeah, the headline is multiple people visit the Arbory home. Let's just, I haven't seen it, so let's just see what it, what it looks like. I mean the uh, whatever the home the the other home. Hold on. Uh, has anybody ever wanted to allow notifications from a website? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the husband and wife that the Times sure. mentions. Kids, there you go. The little kids. Yeah. These kids might these kids might be recognizable as kids, probably kids in the neighborhood. I'm assuming they didn't. So that's what we got, um, yeah. and and is, and is, and by the way, there's no there's no assurance that the, the the husband and wife were not known in the neighborhood too. I mean, you have to presume that these people either live in the neighborhood or they traveled there, right? I'm not, I'm no, not, I think I'm actually not. most of the time not. I mean, husbands Here's and the, wives normally they're in a new neighborhood looking at houses they might want to buy. But Sorry, not John. the kids. But but not the kids. Oh, I was not I was kids. just saying that that wasn't the argument that I was making. I was just saying I was only arguing that it's just not a far fetched thing to go look into a structure that's being built. Right. Like, no, it's not. That's not out of the norm. But it, but that's what. But but John, hear my point. I'm with you on that. Except that if I did it and then somebody called the cops on me. Then if I did it again, it's, it's a different universe. It's a different universe when someone's called the cops and I ran how away. How does he know they called the now, cops on him? The, the cops How does he know that they called the cops on him if the cops didn't apprehend him? If you, re, if you listen to the 911 call, it sounds like he ran away just in time and the, and the cops came with his sirens. Oh. It, could be, it could be not. I, I think Tony's saying, how do you know it's the same person? So how do you well, charge from, him with that notice, that, from that the, awareness? From the, from the footage, you know, from the footage. Okay. Well, that, okay. The, do you have footage of the night when he was, the nighttime footage of him? No, the night, the day he got shot, the, the, the day he was shot was daytime. That's the daytime. You want to see No, but it? I'm saying, do you have footage of, you have the footage of the other people entering the house. Do you have the footage of him entering it at night? Uh, there is footage of him entering at night. He just, he just walks in, does nothing. He doesn't take anything. No, it, oh, but you don't have it to put on the screen. So, so. If I, they, I, I can find it for you, but I'm saying it, it is nothing. It just shows a, a kid in there doing nothing. It doesn't show any, doesn't paint him in a bad light at all. It looks like he's just doing nothing. He just, well, walks, he just walks through there, and then actually the outside camera shows him jogging off like he did every time. Well, no, no, that was a, that's the daytime one. But yeah, there's there's no yeah, he just, there's he no accusation that this kid did anything. With his jaw. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and, and, and another point is the camera belongs to the owner of the house. So of course it's only going to show a couple of kids, husband and wife, and that's it. You know, they should get a subpoena for everything, right? Yeah, but but it's oh, yeah, yeah, they will. The owner of the house is really, he tried to pretend he wasn't, but it's coming pretty clear now. The owner of the house is the guy who is nagging the cops and the neighbors to address this for him. 
He says in a time, multiple times he was texting the cops. Multiple times he sent them video. The cops oh. tell him, cops tell him this guy McMichael can help you. So you can see it's just building up into this thing. And oh, yeah. the cops really, I think the cops are very much to blame here. How, how, long, how long does it take for the cops to get to that scene since you search everything? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, that I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long it took him to get there, but it seems like this was going on for quite a while when there's an argument. I mean, I'm sure they would have called it a burglary on the nine, on 911, but I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't heard the, nine, the whole 911 call yet. In, in the first 911 call, actually, I, I, I'm so over. If, if you guys don't want to go back to your families, I can play, play this for you because it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Ever? <laughs> where is it? Uh, uh, the, set, the first, where's the 911 call? I want to get the right one. Does he have a lawyer yet? Is no one aware of the fact that there's a global pandemic going on? This is the 911 call from, from uh, that came out later. Wait, hold on. 2.30, Satilla Drive. Can you hear that? What's going on? You guys hear we it? Got a, uh, yeah. Yeah. We got a string of burglaries. Um, I was leaving the neighborhood and I just saw a guy running into a um, house being built two houses down from me. Um, when I turned around, he took off running into the house. Okay. What did he look like? Uh, it's a black male, red shirt, white shorts. And you said the house was being built? It's being built, yes ma'am, it's vacant right now. He is in the house. What's your name and phone number, sir? Travis McMichael. All right. Where are you at now? I am sitting right across the street in my truck, watching the house. Watching the house with it right now, right here at the Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. When I, it just startled me. Um, when I turned around, when I turned around and saw him and backed up, he reached into his pocket and ran into the house. So I don't know if he's armed or not. Um, but he looked like he was acting like he was, so, uh, you know, be mindful of that. Okay. Which pocket did he reach into? Uh, left, I believe. Okay. And now, so 230 is the vacant lot address? It's, it's, no, it's my address. I do not it's know your address? In, it's probably okay. 228 or 226. Might be 226? Possibly. How many houses down is it from yours? It's two towards the highway. He's got, I guess he doesn't realize we're here. He's got the damn lights on right now. He's got a flashlight going through the house. Does he? Okay. You just stay where you're at so that the officers will know. Will do. Okay. Do. I'll stay on the line with you until they get there just in case anything changes. Roger that. So you said he was a black male. Did he have hair on his head? Any other features you can tell me about? I couldn't tell. Okay. Uh, he, just, he just looked like short hair. Okay. Was he tall, short? Yeah, he was tall. I thought about six foot. Okay. There's the neighbors. I guess that's one of the other neighbors saw it. Um, there's about four of us over here around it right now. Okay. So what happened when you first saw him? He's trying he to look behind a bush. He, tried, okay. he was coming through somebody's yard, and I looked back, and, uh, and, 
he was trying to sneak behind a bush, and when I drove on by, he got behind a uh, portal that they had here. And uh, when I backed up, he looked at me. I went ahead and backed up to the road, and he reached in his pockets. I kind of watched him, and he ran off into the house, and then stepped back out and went back into the house, and that's when I, when I called, called y'all. Okay. Well, we've been having a lot of burglaries and break-ins around here lately, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I had a pistol stolen January 1st, actually. And, uh, you know, he, he's, I've never seen this guy before in the neighborhood. And we've been kind of keeping an eye, and, you know, sure enough, there's one, you know, right. through the yard, you know. All right, so that's that's that. That's not that's not the day of the, the shooting. That's the day. That's that's thirteen days earlier. Yeah. And he did. Right. Do we know he had a flashlight or did he have this? I don't know. What point is that the guy the, the guy the different. guy's outside? He called nine one one. He doesn't approach him. He doesn't chase after him. He, you know. So yeah, you know, is what it is. The, the the thing that I was saying is I don't even know if that's the same person. So I mean I don't know. So, if that. so it doesn't apply to him. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I, but it, it, it pretty clearly, from what everything we're hearing, I'd be surprised if it's not the same person. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Why? Because he's black? That doesn't look oh, like he has you, short I hair. I showed you the picture. That video. Show that video again of him. The video of the... Uh, Pony, I looks show, like he's got uh, longer hair. Actually, actually look like he has short hair. Yeah, we, we got to go. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, just uh, uh, last thing, I was like, he said the gun is on his left side. You know, if he's a righty... First rule is never cross your body, right, Danny, with a gun? Yeah, that, that'd that be look? kind of strange. Does that yeah. look like short hair to you? No, that looks this, like he's got a big the, throw this, up. This is the day of the shooting. Right, but that doesn't look like he has short hair. Look at his fro. And this is the day, I believe, of the of the nine one the previous nine one one call. Okay, I, does that look like short hair to you? Uh, no, it doesn't. Neither look like short hair. But but uh, he, I guess he didn't get a good look at him. But this is but this is the, this is the footage. This is this is he didn't get a good look at him. How can I be sure the second guy was him? No, I'm saying from the you're everything you're saying is right, Tony, but I'm just saying that's not to say that it's not the same guy because we have the we have the video here and it looks like the same guy. There was something else he said, which oh, in in TMZ, they they report that somewhere in the police report, he he described him as light skinned and he doesn't appear to be light skinned, so you have a point, but. Yeah, so that's all. That's all the evidence. I don't know. Yo, the the couple that walked in there, I couldn't tell if the the guy in the couple was black or white. I couldn't either. I Uh had no idea. Well, I know if it was dark out there. He said the guy used a flashlight in the house. You couldn't fucking see. Who knows if that was even the fucking guy? All right. I I guess we're gonna see what's gonna happen, but we gotta end. Uh, well, everything you see, everything you're saying now, John, is is interesting because because, <laughs> why, because it's all really valid. And and as soon as we're not talking about everybody's skin color, and you're and you're actually poking holes at the evidence, then I think it's you're, you're it's much more. Yeah, I think you're right. Everything you're saying, everything you're saying is well taken, and that and that's the kind of stuff which should be brought up in a court of law. Everything you're saying is right. Oh yeah, I could I could get into the to the nitty gritty with you. I was just saying in general, it's just like how many times do we have to, you know? Sure. Every time it's it's always let's isolate this incident, and it's like man, come pre- pre- prepare yourself if the answers to all those questions you're poking actually are answered in a way that are, that you know that make this case answered in the opposite way than you would hope. 
He may get off. That's what I think. But okay, oh, we have to go. Okay. Well, social distancing. You, 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 act like, you act like I didn't see the Zimmerman case or the or the Rodney King. You, niggas, yo, and these is this is people getting shot and beat on camera. We've seen black men get shot on camera and 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 the people get off. So if you think I'm gonna be surprised, you got the wrong motherfucker. All right. Well, right, touche. Touche. You're right. right. Only thing I was saying is if that video was the same thing was happening to a white woman. I'm trying. No, it doesn't matter anymore. Hot has got, got to take his heart uh, medicine. Know, self-isolating. It doesn't matter anymore. He's got to take self-isolating. His body is rejecting his heart. We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Tony, you want to share your information? Yeah, you got it right on the screen there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. And Norm? Do you uh, I'm iPad 6 at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh john right there he was funny man <laughs> and always, Danny? always always a pleasure you guys yeah, thanks man. john thank you be Tony. well uh Savala's thanks, Law on twitter thank you folks Danny, thank you. check it out thank, thank, you, thank you so you much folks. danny and like thank, 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 thank you hatem bye thank you, good, danny. good night thank you good night <laughs> take care john yes Good to see you, brother. Good, Good to see, see you, man. Hope That's to see you live someday. Thank you. Hope yes, to hug you again you. one day. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Soon. Be well, okay? You too, brother. All right. Bye. All right.